todo el mundo. Was really... 1881. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Stacey Lane Wilson, author of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series and director of the film The Ventures Stars on Guitars. You are listening to the Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast for people who love music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And now, on to the show. My guest today is Claire Jane, and she hits all of the rock and roll nightmares' sweet spots. She's worked in the special effects department of some of the scariest horror film franchises, and now she's a designer of clothing and accessories that rock. You'll see her wearable art on Joe Elliott, Jimmy Page, and Phil Susan, to name just a few. So, without the proverbial further ado, let's bring her on. Hi, Claire. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, I uh, want to talk a little bit about some things that you did before your current rock and roll endeavors. Um, just want to chat a little bit about your career in film and specifically horror films. So how did you get into that? Ah, well, here's a story for you. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I started um, out in the film industry working at Pinewood Studios. Um, it was around about 1992-93 that I got a job um, at Pinewood working for a special makeup effects company. And at the time, the company, um, they were the ones that did the makeup for the Hellraiser movies, um, you know, with Doug Bradley. And I sort of came in around, I think it was like Hellraiser 4, um, again, which I was um, an assistant um, to Gary Tunnicliffe, who was a special makeup effects artist, director, etc. So, um, yes, yeah, I basically started working at Pinewood around about that time. And uh, I really um, fell in love with the film industry, especially being at Pinewood, because, you know, where they shot all the James Bond movies. And it was such a feeling of nostalgia and just um, amazing, uh, you know, the culture from all the British movies. Oh, yeah, um, Pinewood is legendary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think one of my fondest memories when I very first started, they were shooting um, Interview the Vampire. I oh, love, yeah. that love that one. Vampire. Yeah, exactly. So I just remember, you know, walking in Pinewood and seeing, you know, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman at the time just walking towards me. 
<laughs> down the corridor and I was like wow and then I used to see Brad uh, Brad Pitt around in the uh, corridors with all this vampire makeup on you know so that was a really cool experience but that was sort of like one of the first memories I have of working in the film industry back then at Pinewood which was cool and then in 94 I moved to um, Los Angeles. Well I have actually interviewed Gary Tunnicliffe quite a few times for ah, various horror films yeah. yes so he's he's all you know he's legendary in the Absolutely. horror uh, makeup world for sure. Now was that something that you had set out to do or did you kind of fall into the like I said I was actually I I fell into it really um, my older sister was having some costumes made at Pinewood Studios some um, robotic costumes and I went down to the studio with her and uh, met Gary and he was working on their costumes and they were looking for somebody to work in the office and I went I can do that uh-huh. <laughs> and they basically offered, offered me a job in there so I was doing all the administration stuff but over the years you know I accumulated a knowledge of you know, makeup effects when I used to go on the movie set and assist and, you know, so, you know, a few times I've been on set taking off, uh, you know, pinheads makeup. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Do you have to take it out one pin at a time? Uh, pretty much. <laughs> be great patient not to rip it off <laughs> well I have a two-parter question for you I'm wondering what some of your favorite horror films are I have a feeling interview with the vampire might be one of them absolutely, um, absolutely. you know what one of my uh, one of my other favorite movies I really like with talking of like soundtracks is Lost Boys oh yeah that's a great one the, yeah. the 80s vampire kind of a rock and roll thing and totally. um, yeah it seems like the genres of horror and rock music really do go well together on both ends of the spectrum. Can you maybe talk about why you think that is? Um, I, I think it's just because it's so um, sort of powerful and, you know, sort of like thrash it with the guitars. And it, it, I just think it goes hand in hand, you know, heavy metal and, you know, rubber monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember working in the in the studio, like I said, because I was working in the office so much. Um, you know, as an effects coordinator for Gary. So um, yeah, I used to walk out into the shop and, you know, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath would be playing or, you know, Queensryche or, you know, just real heavy stuff. So again, um, coming from England, I was very aware of the heavy metal scene, but really when I got to LA in the 90s, it was really prevalent that, that those two with the horror, you know, horror movies and heavy metal go together. <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe that was sort of spawned by the satanic panic of the 80s, where it's forbidden, both genres are somewhat forbidden and not liked by parents back then. (laughs) Of course, now there's not as much of a generational gap between uh, parents and kids. They all kind of like same music, same kind of movies. It's, It's hard to rebel these days, isn't it? Exactly. We're all rebellious. Um, well, so you've worked in London, LA, Las Vegas. Um, do you feel like you find different kinds of artistic inspiration from your environment or is it something else that drives you to create? Um, I feel like originally when I um, stopped working in the film industry, which was around about 2008, um, I needed to pursue something for me um, artistically um, just express myself and it started you know with me creating um my feather handbags which I was using you know cut cutting fabric sewing using a lot of feathers um 
uh, antique jewelry with it, crystals. And I really feel um, that was just like my inspiration for all that was, you know, old school Hollywood with the decadence of the, mm -hmm. of all that. And they're coming from England, you know, if you go back to Henry VIII um, period with all the feathers and all the rich, luxurious fabrics. Um, I love textures. I was just able to put all that together and express myself in making these, you know, these feather handbags. Sounds crazy, I know, but I am. Um, and it's just, uh, I really felt like I used to have, you know, a relationship with each handbag I made at the beginning because it was so, it's going almost like into a trance to make these things. I felt like the feathers were my paint, you know, so that was really cool. But again, I think, again, influences from that, I think, you know, one of my favorites you know, back, I, I love, you know, 70s glam rock as well. So like I said, I'm very eclectic with all my tastes, you know. Yeah, so it's more like um, historical than environmental inspiration. Yes, yeah, I think so. And I, I, you know, and I feel, you know, coming from England, there is so much, you know, history there and culture. And then coming to LA was a bit of a shock. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but then just, you know, living that, that Hollywood world for, you know, 10 years or so, or even more than that, 15 years was a, a really interesting, you know, but I feel like I've sort of went back to my roots a little bit when I started designing my own things. Well, your brand inspired by Claire Jane uh, features original apparel and accessories, um, including the prints that you design yourself. Um, I know that Joe Elliott of Def Leppard loves your work and he's often seen wearing your clothing on stage. So I'd really love to know how that association began. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Joe's Jeff, absolutely wonderful. One has been amazing for my brand. Um, he, uh, you know, I met him back in, Lord, probably back in 2000 through my husband, uh, Chris Brainy. And he has a, a website called Rock and Roll Gallery. And he was doing a photo shoot, we're helping out on a photo shoot with Ross Halfin. And they used, excuse me, used, used Chris's vintage car, which was a Pontiac uh, 1977 like only 1100 made so it was um Ross with Def Leppard and Chris was there so he kind of met Joe then and then as the years progressed um obviously I met Joe and we became friends so and then back in 2009 he wore one of my first designs on stage with uh, Cheap Trick here in Vegas actually he he seems to wear the more um Union Jack kind of designs can you talk a little bit about what he's wearing these days because I've seen uh, stuff on his Instagram which is really cool yeah yeah on the, on the Def Leppard um Instagram yeah he's been wearing um actually my crystal collections which I feel again a little bit goes back to the glam rock stuff you know and I feel like if a lead singer walks out on stage they need to sparkle um so these the shirts that I designed for him were completely encrusted with crystals so oh, wow. yeah and I used um um some sort of metallic crystals um, black crystals and some regular clear crystals so they really hit the light at different angles um, and then he was wearing a shirt over the top of those or a jacket but it really set off his his outfit you know so he wears my my shirts you know on and off stage for most of the time I mean if you see my stuff on uh, Facebook or whatever you, you can see he wears them quite a lot <laughs> yes he's quite an ambassador for yes, he's been... <laughs> inspired by Claire Jane exactly yeah he just um yeah he like they're comfy and I send them to him he's, he's a good friend so it's uh, it works out great um, yeah, and I know that you have some other rock star clients. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about them? 
Absolutely, yes. Um, Carmine Rojas, who used to be with David Bowie, um, he's just wonderful, really good friend, and actually my bridesmaid. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, and then um, locally, we um, Scott Coogan, I think he's in, was in a bunch of stuff, uh, LA Guns and uh, the guy Ace Freely. Um, and then also um, one of my favourite people, Phil Susan, who's actually out on the road right now with uh, Last in Line. Right. Yes. He was on my podcast too. And uh, I believe it was season one or season two. And um, yes, he played with uh, Ozzy Osbourne in the eighties, which is what catapulted his career. Yeah. And now last in line is an offshoot of Dio and Rainbow, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he's got his own, um, I designed him his own custom design, which is uh, no one can buy it because it's just his, <laughs> but it's like a, a purple fleur de lis with it with PS in it for Phil Susan. So that's his ah, So what inspired that particular design for him? Um, it was just after we were talking, he said he would like something that uh, is unique to him. So we talked about what his favorite uh, colors were and he said he loved the fleur de lis. So I sort of took, took those elements and made his design. Beautiful. Yeah, and also um, uh, Jay Bonamassa has worn my stuff. Glenn Hughes has. Um, so it's been quite a few people. Styles do come and go in stage wear, but I'm wondering what your favorite era is. You mentioned glam rock earlier. Um, who are some singers and musicians, whether from the past or present, whose styles you love? And um, I would have to say, you know, at the top of my head, David Bowie, you know. I mean, oh, yeah. he was, you know, you know, he went through so many different stages, you know, experimented with his look, you know, starting from the 60s to the 2000s. So, you know, um, I I just was in awe by all his stuff. You know, if you go back and look at his, you know, what he was wearing, he, he didn't, you know, he would just expressed himself. He just didn't care. He just did what he wanted. I thought that was awesome. And I love that. Um, another one that I, another person I really love is Freddie Mercury. Mm, mm-hmm. um, again not you know he didn't really you know he was you know extravagant and I think for for me I loved his confidence and charisma I yeah I think that, that it, to wear clothes well you have yes. it's not just um the physique it's also whatever's coming from within yeah and that's what I, I've always said like a you know each of my graphics I did obviously I design and I always have a story behind them and I want people to feel you know confident and you know, and have fun wearing them as well. You know, it's like, I just, I just think that's really important to feel, you know, good in your own skin. Since we don't have visuals for this podcast, can you give our listeners an idea of what your design sensibilities are? Like what some of your designs you have available now and some of the imagery that you tend toward using? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, if you go, if you go to my website, which is icjuk.com, which stands for Inspired by Claire Jane UK, um, I actually have a category that says designs on it. Um, and I have, um, you know, I have the classic ICJ UK, um, which are my Union Jack skulls, wings. Um, I have my florals, my floral collection, which are very feminine and pretty and the odd skull thrown in here and there, of course. Um, my inspirational collection, and that's got a lot of um, butterflies, dragonflies, dream catchers. Um, and then I have uh, Ocean Anarchy, which is my rock and roll ocean inspired collection. Um, and then I've got a whole um, 
design collection just with skulls in. Um, and then another one with spirit animals, because I do um, one of my collections there, I donate to um, a local charity here in town, a percentage goes to that with my um, my my animal designs, which is cool. Ah, well, I know you're a cat lover. What I'm yes. assuming there's cats in there. What's or some yes. of the animals in your spirit yes. animal collection? Yeah, I've got. Um, well, first of all, one of my most renowned um, designs is a is a black and white leopard, which I don't own, of course. But a black and white leopard. Oh, I've got a whole collection with that on it. Then I've got my two cats that unfortunately passed away in 2020, Chanel and Cleveland, that were Himalayans. So they're on there. And then also my uh, feral cat, who was a trap and release cat, Princess Smirnoff Dior. <laughs> she has her <laughs> own collection too. And um, yeah, I did a, a take on the Guns and Roses um, logo, but it says T and R instead of G and R. And then because we live in uh, Paradise Palm, she's Paradise Kitty on there. And it's got the two, <laughs> the two guns and the roses. So that's kind of fun. It's very loud. And, you know, you get noticed when you wear ICJ UK, put it this way. <laughs> Well, I do want to add that um, even though you do have high-profile celebrity clients, your clothes and accessories are affordable. Even I own a Jane Clare original. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> yes, I have my beautiful skull and stones bracelet, and I bought another one for a gift for a friend. Thank you. Um, yeah, so you mentioned your website. Um is that the only place that people can find and buy your designs or? Um, if, um, yes, the icjuk.com is where you can find the clothing and accessories. And then also for my one of a kind handmade bracelets, it is clairejaneart.com. Okay. Um, and also everyone can find me on my social media, which is just uh, icjuk. And also if you're in Las Vegas, you can come by my fabulous showroom and book an appointment. I have been there. It is a fabulous showroom. Um, yeah, so we do um, have a personal shopping experience. And if you want to custom create something with me and I can sit down with you and we can do stuff and create your own collection and, you know, maybe have a cocktail. Um, yeah, so that's, that's I love that. Yes, your bar is really amazing. Um, did you, I'm assuming that you designed, you know, you designed and decorated the whole place yourself and you have um, someone else that works with you or? Yes, I do. Actually, my uh, business partner, Kirk, um, mm -hmm. he's responsible for the interior of the showroom. He does that. That looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, right now it looks like Santa's Christmas grotto in there right now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's great. I know it's your busy season coming up. Yep, so yeah. So one last question. It's the one that I always ask. What is your own personal rock and roll nightmare? not getting the right pass when I go to their shows <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no I think I've had a couple of them actually and it usually entails and this is true story dreams um <clears throat> usually entails me on stage trying to play an instrument I've had a one where I had to get up on stage was called up to play the drums and I get up there and I'm like just frozen because I don't know how to play the drums and then I wake up <laughs> <laughs> that's wild yeah you know a lot of people do actually have dreams about doing something on stage their guitar breaks or it disappears yeah. or something like exactly. that funny yeah oh, oh oh another one is uh I think when I first started um dressing Joe I was always thinking oh, if I hope he doesn't walk out on stage and put his arms up and it's going to be and it rips or something like that you know <laughs> oh, no. yeah well let's hope that you never have any wardrobe exactly. malfunctions I'm sure you won't yeah. <laughs> 
Well, thanks for uh, being on the Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast. And I just want to reiterate that it's icjuk.com. Correct. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks, Claire. Thank you. And now I'm going to close with a sneak peek at the upcoming Rock and Roll Nightmares True Stories, Volume 2. This is from the chapter Borrowed Time. Generally speaking, a young person's body can take a lot of abuse, but with each passing year ingesting those blizzards of cocaine, greenhouses of weed, and vats of alcohol becomes akin to mainlining napalm. After a certain age, you just can't party like you used to, and even a small indulgence can cause your long-suffering organs to say sayonara. Stephen Hyden, author of Twilight of the Gods, A Journey to the End of Classic Rock, says that in our current decadence-averse times, he's found that many people think if a rock star used drugs and alcohol in their lifetime, they will be dissed in death because it's their fault they died. This very non-classic rock idea has taken hold in these very non-classic rock times. A core tenet of classic rock mythology is that using drugs and alcohol forges a pathway to understanding what it means to be alive, even if it kills you. Maybe especially if it kills you. Includes another episode of Rock and Roll Nightmares. I'm your host, Stacey Lane Wilson. The theme song, Out for Blood, is composed and sung by Lars with a Z, Cabot, and the band is Fuzzbuster. You can hear the whole track in the horror comedy film Valentine Days, also with a Z. For photos of the guests and show archives, please visit the website rockandrollthings.com. That's rock and roll with an N. You can also join the Rock and Roll Nightmares Facebook group or follow us on Instagram at Rock and Roll Nightmares Books. That's B O O K S. This is an indie podcast, so your subscriptions and ratings are really important. Thank you for joining me, and until next time. Mm-hmm.